You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I hope you are doing well. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're talking about applying your self-care through habit stacking. And I think that's something that I've heard a lot about, but I don't really know exactly how to do it. So our guest today, Katie Sanders, breaks it down. Yes, we always talk about all types of self-care on this show, but sometimes it's good to know like, okay, but now how do I actually make it work in my life? So perfect timing. Thanks to Katie for being on the show. If you're new to Yoga Magic, we talk all things self-care, self-discovery. This is really a place to come and gather new ideas so that you can try on those that work for you, right? Find ones that just really land and resonate with you, whether that be meditation, yoga, astrology, really anything in the world of, of well-being. And so, yeah, no, no pressure to do any of these things. It's really just, it, what's, it's what works best for you. I like to, you know, pull back the veil and give you a, a glimpse into what my self-care practices are. And I've really been leaning into taking time at the end of the night um, to practice intuition. And on um, last week's episode with Nikki Novo, I talked a little about the specific course that I'm doing with her. Um, but practicing intuition is something that takes time. And I think really knowing like what is my intuition and knowing what is my ego is so, so important. And I had this really amazing experience the other night in meditation exploring you know what does intuition feel and look like and what does ego feel and look like and for those of you that that know the difference it's really clear to you like maybe this is what it looks like for you maybe not everyone's so different but I thought it would be helpful to give this this visual and to describe what I saw. So when I went down the, the path, it was sort of like a fork in the road that, that Nikki was prompting. Um, when I went down the path of the ego, it was really bright, right? It was really bright. There was all these people around. There was lots of energy. Everything was fast moving. But what I noticed as I moved down this path of ego and what I was really asking the question in this particular meditation is like, okay, how much do I need to like push in, in my business? What is that feeling of like, like, should I be going, going, going and like never letting up? Like, you know, in, in what a traditional, you know, building a business looks like or what we think it looks like. That to me felt very ego-like and it was, again, high energy, bright, lots of people around, but I I noticed as I f- was further down the path, it was so much of the same thing. I would just, literally, it was just the same thing over and over and over again and I didn't really get anywhere. It, it felt like 
draining in the end. There's so much energy without any relief. And when I went down the other path, this other, you know, went to the left, went to the fork in the road to the left, it was actually very dark. It was a dark path. I didn't see a lot of people. It was kind of scary at times. I felt like I was just wandering in the darkness. But eventually I made my way to this space. It was like like a top of a mountain or like overlooking, you know, a canyon or some sort of valley where there was all of these beautiful lights and the stars were up above. And I know this all sounds kind of weird. You're like, Ashley, where are you going with this? But what I <laughs> experienced in that moment of intuition and again of seeking seeking out what my spirit was telling me was that there was this like beautiful gift at the end and yes the path is long the road is long and it's hard and it can be lonely there weren't other people on this path but there the end was truly truly magnificent and there's this feeling of you know getting getting somewhere so if you are doing any of this exploration in your intuition and you're figuring out what you know practices and activities and even just job changes and moves and all the things and you want to tap into your intuition this exercise was so so interesting and again I want to credit last week's guest Nikki Novo on this because it was so impactful of like what does my intuition feel like versus what does my ego feel like so that's my current uh, little self-care self-care learning everybody I hope that's helpful to you let's talk about today's guest because she is totally helping in this area of self-care by creating habits better habits in in an easy and consistent way so Katie Sanders is a mindset and habit mentor focused on helping ambitious women break up with their self-doubts create better habits with ease and consistently live a life they love After struggling with her health and self-esteem for years, she was able to make lasting changes when she least expected to. And she finally saw that she wasn't living life the way she wanted to. Hey, I know the story. This sounds familiar. (laughs) So she set out to change that and show others that they could do the same. She believes that we're all capable of living with purpose and passion and that intentional work on our mindset and focusing on small daily changes compounds into massive self-growth. She works with her clients to break through all the noise in their life to get clear on what they want and create realistic, attainable paths forward. So Katie, you know, again, does very similar work to me and she does it in this mindset and habit um, area versus I really like to work in sort of astrology and in that cosmic space. I love to bring in people that have, you know, outcomes. They want to provide you the same outcomes and help you accomplish goals, but perhaps in a different way. So just you can find the the method that works best for you. So thanks so much to Katie for being on the show. She is um, just a, a great resource to have. If you want to learn a little bit more about Katie, she has a free habit hacker quick start, little freebie in her bio on her Instagram. And you can, you can use that to hack your current habits, get get an idea of where to go next. And then before we get to that interview, everyone, I just want to share an upcoming event that's happening online. I just started teaching with the platform Learn It Live, which is an online platform for a number of teachers and um, all sorts of courses, really just a huge variety of workshops and courses that you can access and this one that I'm doing is totally free and if you do decide to make a donation it is going to Girls on the Run, the organization Girls on the Run and this particular workshop is just 
self-care made easy. We're talking about how to make self-care, these moments of self-care, super simple. And this is a lot of what Katie talks about as well. And so we'll touch a little bit on the astrology, but mostly into your everyday routines and how to change those into meaningful rituals. This is happening on Monday, June 28th at 6 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to come to that free workshop, information is on is in the show notes. And then finally, friends, if you want to just know about all upcoming events, Yoga Magic Community events, upcoming guests, all of the news, make sure you're on my newsletter. And when you sign up for my newsletter, you get a free morning guide for your sign. Really find out what morning practices work best for you based on your astrological sign. So all that information is in your show notes. Check it out. And let's get to this awesome episode with Katie Sanders. Well, I'm sitting down with Katie Sanders today to talk about habits, creating successful habits. And I really am excited to apply this to self-care because it's something that obviously we talk about on this show and it's a lot easier said than done. So Katie, thanks for being on the show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Katie, where are you? I don't actually know what city. So I am in Virginia. I'm in Richmond, which is actually our capital about two hours South of DC. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. like it out there? Like East I, Coast life? I love it. Well, I've only ever known East Coast life, so okay. I guess okay. I can't really fairly say. Um, <laughs> I love Richmond in particular. Um, and part of my story kind of you'll hear too about me actually moving from outside of DC down to Richmond. It's It's got this kind of city feel with still this like small town charm. There's literally something for everyone, not to be a cliche, but there's breweries, wineries, yoga. There's a huge like entrepreneur kind of community focus arts, you know, all of that. Um, so it's a really fun area to live in and and easy to get around. It's not quite as big as a, you know, full-blown city, which is the best part. Okay. Yeah. That is nice when you can feel like you have like, yeah, best of both worlds, like city, but not so big that Mm -hmm. it's, you get lost. And yeah, I love that vibe too. And especially like in the last year, it's been like there's a sense of community and you can go place kind of go places, but still feel like you're not like New York city. I feel for the people yeah. that live or have been there. Oof. That's hard. Yeah. It's that, I know it's such an isolating time or it has been at least for a lot of us, but Richmond's been great too, because I was already such a strong part of the city. And so then people just kind of rallied together. They, you know, reinvented what that community felt like and what that looked like with everything that happened with COVID and kind mm. of the digital change. So um, I'm excited for it to start to get back to normal and to really feel like that bigger community, but um, it's definitely been an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, here we are. We're, I think we're on the upside and the astrology yes. looks good, feeling good. <laughs> Katie, can you tell listeners just a little about you and your business um, that you're, you're really getting, getting going. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. (laughs) But what I do with my business, um, I am a mindset and habit coach, which on the surface can sound a little bit broad, but I really specialize in working with driven women and helping them create consistent time and energy for themselves, hence self-care without it feeling like another thing on their to-do list. Um, and, And within that space and with women in general, I think that we often really make things harder than they need to be. We cram our schedules full. We want to be available to everyone else. We want to succeed at everything we do. And so it really puts a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and at the end of the day, we, we often do come last kind of on our priority list. So I work with women to really clear up what they want their lives to look like. How can they better manage their time, not to do more, 
but to actually free up more time for them and the things that they want to do. Um, it's also a lot of mindset work and kind of unlearning the doubts that they've harbored for years that they may not even realize how they're holding them back, um, kind of letting themselves have permission to change things, have permission to slow down, um, really just kind of reinventing what that looks like for them and what their self-care looks like, who they want to be and what is best going to support them kind of going in that direction. It's a very niche thing. Mm, (laughs) And I definitely, you know, it was never something I intended to do. Um, I think for me, Growing up, I definitely struggled with my self-esteem quite a bit, Um, not for any reason in particular, other than just being a teenage girl and Mm -hmm. life being tricky, but I I didn't realize how big of a toll that was taking on me. Um, I really wanted, you know, go and pursue things in high school because I was petrified to put myself out there or to have judgment from others, all of that stuff. And that stuck with me through college. Um, But after I had graduated college, there was kind of this pretty strong pivotal moment for me. Um, really the first time that I can pinpoint that big, like aha kind of moment and where I was at in that time, I had really been struggling with my health. Um, I gained about 50 pounds actually from gut health issues and Mm -hmm. just didn't know what my body needed or how to best support it, which was frustrating in itself. Um, but physically wasn't feeling well either. I was working a job that no one enjoyed working there. Everyone hated it. Everyone cried on their way. Like it could not have been a more toxic place had you tried. Yeah. (laughs) Which was great as your first job out of college. I was like, Oh, I just do this until I die. Great. (laughs) And, you know, friends had spread out and then kind of the cherry on top was getting my heart broken out of nowhere. And so I just kind of had this wake up call and I was like, what am I doing? Like, none of this is what I want. You know, I, I pursued this, I pursued that it's not what I want. There isn't really anything that I have going for me that helps me feel my best. That looks like what I want. And, and kind of in that moment, I, I also had all of this free time in the world to focus on my health and to start to kind of look at what did I actually need to work on? What did I actually need to grow? And that health piece was kind of that first piece of that in working on my health. I was actually able to lose that weight to start to feel good in my body again. And what happened there was kind of this light bulb moment of, okay, I can actually change my circumstances. I can actually do things that are hard that I didn't think I could do. I can say, this is who I want to be, where I want to be, what I want to be. And I can make that happen. And I quit that job, (laughs) moved to where I live now. Eventually I live with mom and dad for a couple months, but it was kind of this reset button and this huge mindset shift of seeing like, I can actually create the changes that I want to, Mm -hmm. especially in really small, sustainable ways. And that's kind of where I, you know, recently got into wanting to launch my own business and help others to see that, to help them go through that same mindset and self-growth journey. And really that self-discovery, a lot of it for me was learning like, okay, I didn't actually realize I don't like doing this thing at all. Why am I doing this? Why am I being Mm -hmm. what someone else wants? if I don't care at all, like that's not worth my time and energy and, you know, giving myself that permission to change and figuring out what I liked, what I wanted along the way and, and taking the pressure off too of needing to be a certain person or doing a certain thing, focusing on just enjoying the process of that self-growth. And, you know, whether that was taking care of my body, whether that was going for a different job or leaning into more self-care and just exploring those different options, but really kind of opening that opportunity up for myself. Mm. Oh, I love that story. That's great. And it's funny because, you know, 
especially people that listen to this show, like we all kind of get there some way or the another. We have those jobs that were like, why am I doing this? Or like, for me, it really was in yoga where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I can like make decisions for myself. That's amazing. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do that more. <laughs> and yet, I don't know, like, why didn't we <laughs> like kudos to those that did that when they were teens, like yeah. when they were youths the, of the, the world. Of time and trouble that we could have <laughs> saved if like people were like, you can do this. And you're like, okay, cool. Great. I, I will. <laughs> but that's right. not, you know, and I wish I could pinpoint, you know, you learned this as a child or you did this, but that's different for everyone. And so much of that, we, we don't even realize, and it's not all, it's not all bad. It's not, you know, that our parents or our role models are teaching us bad things, but the way that they shape us still sticks with us and can kind of impact things in a negative way. If we really, you know, take what they said verbatim and kind of, you know, live that way. So Mm-hmm. Well, in that generation too, like the boomers were definitely like, they stayed in their jobs for a mm-hmm. long, long, long time. That was like that badge of honor and loyalty. And that was, that's a great thing, but also if you don't love your job and you stay in it for a long time. That's ugh. And whereas our generation, I guess I'm speaking for myself, I'm a, a millennial and like, we're not going to stand for that. We don't, yeah. we just like life is short. <laughs> exactly. And I think COVID, I mean, if that wasn't the biggest lesson for that, I don't know what is. And I right. even had a lot of big aha moments in this past year of things that at one point were benefiting me and could still potentially, but weren't a priority anymore. Um, you know, I had a part-time job and it, once that shifted and looked different in COVID, I was, it wasn't something I wanted to return to. I wanted more of that free time back. You know, I didn't need that income as much. Um, and, and just continuing to realize you can change at any point. Um, even if you set out to be, you know, maybe a mindset and habit coach and in 20 years, if I don't want to do this, that's fine. I can change Mm -hmm. that because if I'm not, if my heart's not in it, if I'm not feeling my best in it, that's going to bleed out into everything else. And so who, who is that really benefiting at the end of the day? Um, so I think it's important to give yourself that permission to change, to be open to that change with, with the quitting the job part. I mean, that's definitely a scary thing. I, I know I grew up in a family that preached, you go to college, you got to secure a job, all of those things. And so even though that job was so horrendous, it was stable. And I didn't have a clear plan yet of what was coming next. And so I was, I mean, I was riddled with anxiety leading up to that. But the more I thought about, no, it's fine. I'll just keep doing this job. I'll just keep living in the city. The more upset I was getting. And I realized like, I could not do that. There was no way I could prioritize that over my own happiness. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, my parents actually fully supported that, which was cool that, you know, props to them, but that was a scary thing to just leave something stable for no, you know, real reason, you know, some people would think to pursue something that would make me happier in the, in the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a, a question that I think will resonate with some of the listeners that how do we do that? How do we make that pivot? And we, we change our habits. We change our mindset mm-hmm. when say you're, you're my, I don't know how old you are, but when you're my age, you're like, it's okay. I'm, I'm older. When you're my age. Two, two kids, you got a house, you got bills. Like how do we do, I don't think it's as easy as it was say for me, like 10 years ago to just make those changes. Like what would you advice would you give to somebody who's, who's with that dilemma? Definitely. Um, I actually, even though I'm not yet a mom, I do work with a lot of people that are, and that, that contributes to their overwhelm, their full schedule, their burnout. And it's tricky because you still, you know, want to be your first priority. If you're not taking care of you, you can't take care of anyone else, but there are literal 
you know, miniature humans that do rely on you fully. And so it, that can be challenging. Um, you know, if you're a full-time stay at home mom or you're a stay at home mom and have a business that it can be a lot to juggle. Um, and I think where I, where I personally have seen the most success and where I like to really start my clients first is just kind of in this phase of awareness. Um, I think when we're frazzled all the time, we, we don't even know what we want. We don't know what needs to change. So kind of analyzing, you know, what are you spending a lot of time on that maybe you don't need to, you could do in a different way, or maybe you don't want to, when do you have the most energy during the week? And that can be where you put those larger projects. And then when you're drained at the end of the week, maybe you're not, you know, worrying about doing the laundry, cleaning the house, finishing up this. So kind of looking at your day-to-day life, your typical energy, your typical structure and reworking it so that it's working more in your favor. Um, and, and that includes, you know, freeing up things that aren't really a priority in that, which can be hard. Um, something that I think can be really helpful throughout that process is to really look at what it is that you're trying to do, you know, maybe in the course of a week, um, you know, brain dump that at the start of the week, and then look back at that and narrow that list down a little bit further. What are really the priorities? You know, maybe you want to get all of that done and that would be great. But if you had to, you know, what are the top, you know, 10 things from that list? And then look at your schedule. Where do you actually have room to fit those things in without getting overwhelmed? Maybe that's just choosing your top three a day. Maybe that's having, you know, a day that you fully disconnect and, you know, are recharging. And so the other days you might have a little bit more going on, but then you have that full break, or maybe you have a day to just be totally flexible. So you have your three goals a day. And then at Friday, you know, at the end of the week, you're just tying up any loose ends. Um, so I think that's a big, big piece is really just pausing and kind of taking a deep look at what you have going on. I think where we get stuck sometimes is just wanting to change everything without even knowing if we're changing the right things um, or just wanting to change it all at once and wanting to see, you know, next week I have all this energy and I'm not snapping at my kids and I'm getting more done and I'm working out more, but that's not, you know, that you might be able to do that, but that may not be a long-term kind of plan. So mm-hmm. really looking at what do you have going on? What is, you know, taking up more time and energy than it needs to, what can you kind of rework so that you're not just constantly going? Mm, that's really good advice. Yeah. Can we get kind of detailed on that? Cause I think yeah. that's like so helpful. And I, I hope the clients like reach out to you to get to like, to really apply it to their life, but for the broader scope, would you like sit down on a Sunday night and you look at your schedule and say, okay, I have 10 things as it relates to work and life, or would you mm-hmm. just do life or like, cause I, or self-care or mm-hmm. like, cause there's so many like levers in this life. What would, how would you do that? <laughs> so I do think that, you know, kind of how you approach it might look different for everyone. Yeah. I think, you know, that Sunday is a perfect time because it's already kind of that reset for the week. You can look what's coming up. Um, the way that I kind of plan out my week, you know, I have everything that's going on with my full-time job. I, you know, I plan out everything that's going on with my coaching business. Um, you know, any social plans, anything that needs to get done, things that I want to get done. And I kind of look at what that week is looking like and divide and conquer. So, you know, I I kind of have that overall plan of what is going on that week. 
And then I look at those pockets of time and realistically, it's a lot of kind of learning yourself. I think that's the biggest Mm -hmm. piece. Um, You know, some people can work until midnight. I'm not that person. And so I kind of have, you know, if I'm doing something longer, like recording this podcast, my other business tasks for that day might be shorter and that's okay. Um, So keeping in mind with that, that yes, you can have consistent habits and you can move forward with them. That doesn't mean you have to put out the same amount of work or effort every single day. So I think it's best to really just kind of boil that down because you're going to give more energy when you're just focused on one thing at a time. Um, There are a ton of different, you know, time management strategies, habit strategies we could go into, but when you're focusing on just that one thing and not running through the rest of your to-do list, Mm -hmm. you're going to actually achieve more with that and spend less time kind of wasted in different areas. So it takes a while. Um, You know, it does take some trial and error of what works best for you. But I think having kind of that weekly check-in point with yourself in some way of, you know, what went well this week? What did I accomplish? What was I not able to get to and why? What did I spend more time on than I needed to, you know, so that you can kind Mm -hmm. of make those changes. Um, If you're not continuously checking in on yourself, you're not going to know where that kind of missing gear is and what to change. And you might be spending a lot of time and effort changing something that was working for you, but you're totally neglecting a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like what you said earlier about like picking three things, like Mm -hmm. say you're, you know, okay, today, tomorrow I have this block of time or like whatever number works for you, but I think Mm -hmm. less is more right. With some of these and, and two, like that self-study piece. Oh, it's so funny. Cause I'll like set out like on a a day like today, I've gotten a ton of stuff done, but I have like maybe two more things to do. And I'll tell myself that I'm going to do it at eight o'clock after the kids go to bed. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I never do. I'm always like wiped by the end of the night. So Mm -hmm. it's like, now that I know this about myself, why, why let myself down? Just like, no, we can do it tomorrow unless it's an emergency. Exactly. But yeah, there's like, I love the reflection that you Mm -hmm. talked about. That's really good. Are you all tea drinkers? I feel like my tea game has gotten really strong over the last year while I've been just, you know, working on winding down at night. And that's totally thanks to Simpson and Vale teas, my favorite. I love these teas so much and actually so does my husband. He keeps drinking them all and I have to get more. Um, so Simpson and Vale tea, is, it's a small business that knows what they're doing in the tea department. They've been around for more than 92 years and they have more than 380 different blends. They just launched two new wellness teas that I'm super in love with. The first is the turmeric ginger citrus tea. It's a perfect afternoon pick-me-up. It's certified organic and it's just jam-packed with flavor. I like to use turmeric and ginger to assist with any inflammation and just help with my everyday digestion. So this has been great. And then the other new blend they just launched is the Calm Blend. This has ashwagandha, lavender, chamomile, and passion flower, and it's the perfect de-stressor. I love the subtle effects of ashwagandha, so here for it. If you wanna try some of these yummy teas, you can use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your first order when you head on over to svt.com. Again, use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your first order at svtea.com. 
let's talk about self-care as it applies to the tools that you have. And I know we've talked a little bit about habit stacking. Can you just talk about what that is, what habit stacking is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mentioned, you know, there are various habit strategies and habit stacking is one of them. Um, I, I don't know who originally coined it, but if you've ever read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, that is where I first discovered it. Um, and that book, if you're trying to work on habits on any scale is so powerful for that. But habit stacking essentially is, it's exactly what it sounds like. So you are taking a habit that you want to add in your life. So say that's meditating and you're finding that little crevice in your day where you're already doing something similar or something mundane that you can kind of split your focus and you're sliding that in there. And the reason I, I think this is such a powerful strategy is for a lot of us kind of like you and myself and who we've been talking about that are really busy and have those big schedules because a lot of the times with, especially with self-care, but just with making changes, we think that we need to devote all of this time to it. And sometimes that's true, but most of the time that's not. Mm -hmm. And habit stacking is a really simple, tangible way to alleviate that concern and kind of find that hidden spot that you didn't realize. So how that could look, um, you can either pair that right after something you do, or maybe you're mixing that with something else. So that could look like, you know, while my coffee is brewing in the morning, something that you're already getting started and kind of waiting, I will meditate for five minutes. That's a pocket of time where you're otherwise just standing around waiting for your coffee. It makes sense to go in that spot. Or it could be after I finish my morning journaling, I will meditate for five minutes. And so you're pairing it with a different habit that you're going to do right after. And the more that you start to do this, your brain associates those two things together. And that's where it becomes a habit. That's where it becomes automated. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, my coffee's brewing. It's time to meditate or, oh, I just finished journaling. Now I go into my five minute meditation. So it's a really simple way. Um, and especially, you know, keeping it kind of small like that, I want to pair a, a two hour, you know, habit, you know, every time I cook dinner, I then fold laundry for two hours. I want to do something like that, but pairing those habits or stacking them together, um, with, with like-minded things, or just where you do have that free time that you can add something in is a really simple way to guarantee you can find and make that time in your schedule for it. Mm -hmm. And I think it works with breaking bad habits. Like I've mm -hmm. used it for, so like when I wash my face, like at the end of the night, I'll take my phone and I'll put it in the other room and like charge it and leave it there for the night. And that's been like, a long time coming, but it's broken the habit of like keeping my phone by my bed and scrolling for a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great one too. And breaking bad habits is just as important as building new habits and you can't really do one without the other. Um, so yeah, if it's, you know, after I do my nighttime skincare routine, I plug my phone up in the living room. So yeah. you start to associate, this is my cue from my brain that it's time to wind down. I've done my skincare. That means my phone goes out of sight. I start to, you know, wind down and get a good night's sleep. So that's, yeah, that's a great example. That's exactly another way that you could do that um, to really break a bad habit. Mm -hmm. So we got this question about like consistency and daily things, like, especially as it relates to self-care, <laughs> there are so many clients, I'm sure that you, you and I both work with that just like variety and they like to mix it up. And I often encourage that, especially depending on their chart that like, change it up. How would you still utilize these strategies around habit while maybe keeping that variety? Do you, does it have to be the same thing every day? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's 
I think that's a big misconception. I think we all hear consistency and we know that we need to be more consistent with working out and we need to be more consistent with that. And so we think I have to have this perfect discipline routine where every day I work out on the clock at five o'clock. I, you know, do that for two hours, the same workout every single day or whatever it may be. And that's not really what consistency means. Consistency is still what you do the majority of the time, but that doesn't mean it has to be every single day. You can work out four days a week and still see progress and see the results that you might want to with your health. You can still meditate or journal, you know, four days a week and have that benefit. And I think where it kind of, you know, shifts is really figuring out what do you need? The way that I classify self-care is meeting our basic human needs. And so we have a bunch of different needs, your self-care needs on a day where you are coming off a ton of work and maybe a stressful day are going to look a little bit different than if you're having a great day and you have all of this extra free time and you're, you're feeling good in your body and you're feeling alert, right? You're going to have kind of different needs. So I kind of like to work clients through what are those needs for them? You know, if, if it's moving their body, what are the ways that they enjoy moving their body? Um, you know, how many times a week do they need to move their body to feel their best, whether that's with mental clarity or physical goals that they might be working on? Um, what are the things that actually bring you joy and not just, you know, scrolling TikTok and getting those instant hits, but what gives you a deeper sense of joy? Is that reading? Is that running? Is that playing the piano? Um, you know, what, what amount of that can you do every day to kind of maintain that? Or what are those things that you can do in a larger way? Um, you know, so really thinking through what are the main things that I need to feel my best as a human and what way can I fit those in, you know, in my everyday life in some small capacity. Um, I think another misconception with self-care is that we, it, it's gotten really hyped up over the last few years to these big, you know, treat yourself days and you're having this hour long bubble bath and wine and, and that's, you know, great. Um, but that's not always realistic and you can't always spend, you know, hours doing that or, you know, hundreds of dollars doing that. So what are the small ways every single day, even if it's just for five minutes that you can do something for yourself that helps you feel your best and figuring out what it is that's not feeling best in that moment so that you know what to pair that with. So, you know, maybe you're just hungry and you need to cook a nourishing meal. Maybe you're feeling really anxious and you need to disconnect and go on a walk. So figuring out what it is you're feeling, how you want to feel and what is going to get you there. What's going to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point. Sometimes it's like, you don't even realize like why you feel a certain way. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, because I didn't eat anything nourishing today. Mm-hmm. And while I think that meditating might address my angry, <laughs> hangry level, actually I was just like get in the routine of just eating really like, like consistent meals or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. That's like, I, that, I resonate with that self-study piece. So then, okay, let's apply to morning routines because I think that listeners, and I don't know, morning routines are trendy. If you're not a morning person, everybody apply this to another time. But if somebody were wanting to start a, a morning routine, like what advice would you give them? Yeah, it's, you know, kind of in the same vein of what I've already been talking about, that's going to look different for you. Um, The same way that we get scared of consistency, we get scared of morning routines, because a lot of us think it means we're up and at them at 4am, we're doing all of these things. And that might be great, that might be your morning routine, but that may not be my morning routine. So first, figuring out the same way you would with any other self care 
what is going to help you feel your best in the morning? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's some different categories you can break that down to. For me, that's movement, that's eating a nourishing breakfast, that's mindfulness. And then I have specific practices within that, but figuring out what it is that you actually need for your ideal morning to go into your day, feeling your best, and then figure out what amount of time you realistically need for all of that. Are you actually going to be journaling for an hour or is five minutes enough? So that way, you know, where you can actually fit that in, um, in terms of actually getting that morning routine started, that's the hardest part, work your way up to that. You know, if you've been getting up at 7am and you're now trying to get up at 5am, there's going to be a lot of resistance there. That's not going to be natural. And when you're not, you know, meeting that goal of getting up at 5am, you're either going to resent the morning routine you think you should have because you don't, you don't want to get up at 5am or you're going to feel defeated. And once you feel defeated, it's just a downward spiral from there. So you know, again, making things easier for you. So start by getting up 15 minutes earlier, you know, maybe try that for a week or so. And then once that's super easy, bump it up 15 minutes and so on until you get to that ideal time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about some other habit strategies with habit stacking, but in order for things to really become a habit, they just need to be super easy and super visible for you. So with my morning routine, um, I have my, you know, personal development books that I'm reading my journal, I have them out on a table. So I see them Mm, and I know that I need to go to them. I have my vitamins visible. Um, I definitely have my coffee visible, but I'm really making it easy for my brain to say, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this. You know, I'm, I'm laying out my workout clothes the night before. So there's less resistance in the morning. There's less to think about. There's less decisions to make. I get up and I do that. And then I see, okay, there's my journal. Now I'm supposed to do that for 10 minutes. So it's, it's really just kind of, you know, outsmarting yourself once you get into actually doing the routine that you want to have. Um, and even once you get into that, you know, that kind of the theme we've already been talking about is that it doesn't have to look the exact same all of the time. Mm-hmm. You can still make changes at any point. And so if you're doing this routine for a month and you, you think that it's great, you thought it was what was going to make you feel your best. And you're realizing, I actually don't like meditating. I want to like run five miles in the morning. Like that is going to really light me up that's great. Then switch to that, you know, make that your priority. It's okay to make those changes because ultimately if you're not doing things that are are making you feel your best, you're not going to feel your best. So it's okay to kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, play around with it a little. Um, it does take time for those habits to form. So I like to kind of say, you know, give it a few weeks or give it a month and then check in again and see, you know, if you are getting the results or the feelings that you want to, and if not look at what it is that you need to change. Mm Hmm. Yes. Who <laughs> knew that setting out your workout clothes the night before would be like the catalyst it's a game like, changer. It oh, and one of the things that I do, and I know this isn't sponsored, you should get them to sponsor this. I can't remember exactly what the name of it is, but probably the biggest thing that has helped me to actually get up earlier. I use this app. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called sleep timer and what it does. And granted, I still have my 15 other backup alarms in case I snooze because I'm human, but <laughs> it, you can give it a 30 minute range. And so mine is set to go off when I'm, you know, in that lower level of REM sleep between five 30 and 6am. And so you have it on your nightstand. It doesn't work well if you're trying not to have your phone in your room, but you have it on your nightstand. It can see when you're tossing and turning a lot, it's monitoring your sleep. And so then it knows when you're actually, you know, not in that deep sleep because it's going to be easier to wake up at that point. So you give it that window and then it monitors and, you know, at 5.30 or 5.45, when I'm not as fully asleep, it goes off. So then it's easier to get up because I am closer to being awake. I'm not fully asleep. 
So there's less resistance with getting up. So that's a great tool. Um, there's probably a million things like that, but figure out what it is that's going to help you. What's going to make it easier for you. So then do you wear like something on your body or does it just like, I don't detect? know. So it's just a phone, um, like app. And so I have a nightstand right beside my bed. So it just sits mm-hmm. there. So, um, I don't know if it's hundred percent accurate, but I do know mm-hmm. that when I don't use it, I am much more groggy, you know, waking up. So it does monitor it, um, because it's still relatively, you know, close to where you're laying. Interesting. That makes yeah. me think a lot about our phones, like how much info are they getting? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit creepy, but it is helpful. <laughs> But yeah. And, um, I often will tell my clients there, you know, there's those lights, there's like light, um, Mm -hmm. alarms that will help. They start to get slowly brighter. So there's no sounds, but they just start to sort of wake you up. It's such a good point that like, there's lots of different ways to slowly change that routine versus like, yeah, like you said, going to 5am, a friend of mine, who's also, um, a coach, she, had said like, take, you know, get your goals, like write them down and then cut them in half and then cut them in half again. And that's like, that's actually what you want to focus on for now. Like make it achievable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big point too. I think we, we focus so much on that outcome and how we're somehow going to go from point A to point Z. Like we're going to skip everything in between and get to the end. And it makes it unachievable, but because we're stressed about something that we're not quite prepared for yet. I always use the example of running a marathon. If you have signed up for a marathon and you know, you need to do it, you know, in theory, you need to run 26 miles at some point. You don't go and run 26 miles tomorrow. That would be crazy, but you know where to start. You know that you need to start by getting new running shoes, maybe walking, changing your diet, running, you know, building up to that so that you can get to that 26 miles with ease. I assume, I don't think marathons are probably easy, but, but you see, you're not just jumping to where you're going to be. You're starting with where you're at now. You're focusing on just getting started. And as you go and as these things become more of a habit, that's when you get more in that groove. That's when it's easier to modify things, to really build off of that, still moving forward to whatever that end goal may be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Katie, you're good at this. I'm like, I'm feeling <laughs> good <you>. about these. <laughs> and it's good to just like to, like you said, to like wrap these things up in a bow so that it's like, yeah. okay, we've got the, we've got the tangible strategies. It does not have to be as hard. We're not reinventing the wheel. Cause frankly, mm-hmm. we don't have time. Let's work exactly. smarter, not harder. 100%. Let me use all of the analogies. On this. Um, okay. But they so make sense. They work. They do work. I feel like that's how my brain thinks. Can you talk about like what it looks like to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do take on -on one-on-one clients. Um, you know, I have kind of my methods, my strategies, but ultimately it's still whatever their needs are. Like I've talked about my routines, my goals, they might work for me, but they may not work for someone else. And so when we first come into working together, I kind of call it my awareness phase. So it is a lot of that breaking down what has been your norm for so long, breaking down what the limiting beliefs are that you've been telling yourself, the doubt that you might have, um, the way that you're even just talking to yourself, a lot of that negative self-talk that is holding you back. And so we kind of break down what it is that they really want their day-to-day to look like so that they can actually have the life that they want to have. Once we have all that figured out, once they go through this timeline of really analyzing their schedule, we create more strategic goals and habits. And so, um, you know, kind of with the example of the marathon that I was just using, we really plan that out so that they are focused on starting where they are now, knowing that the habits that they're working on are going to compound over time to the goals that they have. Um, you know, we work on different habit strategies, you know, how can we break down that to do list? So you're just doing three days, 
three time, three things, ugh, three things a day, mm-hmm. or finding a different habit strategy that works for you. Um, it's a lot of time management and doing that so that you aren't taking on more, but you're freeing up more time. You're focused on just a few things at a time, really, really, really well so that your schedule is more free and you're less frazzled. Um, so that's kind of where we start at that beginning is that awareness phase. As we go throughout, it's really about action and accountability. It's about actually starting those habits that we're talking about, staying accountable, moving forward with them. Um, we check in weekly, kind of that reflection that I was talking about. So they're able to actually in real time, analyze how the habits that they are doing are serving them. You know, they're not going to have these overnight massive transformations, but if something is not serving you, let's nip it in the bud before that becomes a habit. Um, Are there things that you want to do? We, you know, we create a lot of lists of, you know, not to have more to do lists, but what are the lists of things that I know are going to bring me that sense of joy or that sense of calm so that I have that easy reference when I need that self-care? Breaking down some of those categories we've talked about so that it's super easy for them to know what they need and what is going to give them that feeling. And then just focusing on, you know, accomplishment. So kind of enjoying the process as you go, not always being stressed about this big milestone or this end goal, but learning to enjoy this process really of your, your self-growth and your self-care and celebrating the small wins and being, being really mindful and present in the moment. Um, a lot of the time we're so busy and just moving from one thing to the next that we're not actually in the moment and we're stressed about a million other things. And so getting that, that clutter kind of out of their mind so that they're able to say, this is what I want to do. I am in the moment. I am enjoying it. I am feeling good from it. I'm going to continue to do this because it gives me all of those, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. So you got a little freebie for everybody. Will you talk about that and how how they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, that's primarily where I like to hang out. So it's Katie, which is K A T E Y underscore Sanders. Um, I do have a freebie in my bio, which is very habit focused. So it really goes over habit stacking, but some other strategies that we didn't really get to yet, um, that really just help you to build habits in a, in an easy way so that you can actually stick with them. And it also talks about how to break down some of those bad habits. Um, there's kind of some, you know, examples in there for you. If you're not ready, you know, not already aware of what you need or what kind of habits you are trying to create. So you can kind of see how you can apply that to your life. Um, and then there's also a tracker, you know, tracking is such a big thing to see, are you actually moving forward? Are you actually being as consistent as you want to be, um, so that you are creating this habit. So you can grab that in my bio and it's free and you can just go ahead and download it. Awesome. Yes. Habit tracking. That's yes, another good. So good. I feel like, yes, I've been using notion to do that. It's kind okay. of, it's like a new tool, out. but I don't know. Trying trial and error over here. That's what <laughs> exactly. we're doing. And that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just trying things out, seeing what works for you, being okay with it, not being perfect and figuring things out as you go so that you're better, you know, better supported and just have more time for you. And you aren't always, you know, at the end of your to-do list, you're freeing up more time for you for whatever you want that to look like. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Katie, this was great. Thank yes. you. Thank you. And I feel like our listeners are going to really use this. This is so tangible and and we can apply it to all the self-care modalities that we talk about on this show. So thank you everybody. Check out Katie and yeah, you're the best. This was great. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you to our guest, Katie, and to our show sponsor, Simpson & Vale. If you want to learn more about Katie, make sure to check out her information in the show notes. And don't forget that you get 15% off of your first order at svtea.com if you want to get some delicious teas from Simpson & Vale. If you like the show, you learn something new, consider sharing it with a friend. And make sure to tag me on Instagram at yoga magic podcast or at ashley sondergaard yoga thanks so much everyone i'll see you next week